G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Well, one of those movements that is gathering pace around the world is in this idea of churches working together in unity. But it's not just with uh, one, it's one another. It's with the not-for-profit sector, it's with business in the marketplace. And planning is well underway for this year's Movement Day in Australia. It's a two-day conference being held next week in Sydney. It's a conference where the stories will be told that encourage church and marketplace collaboration in the proclamation of the gospel in word and deed. And this year, it's on in Sydney on the 1st and 2nd of May. That's next Tuesday and Wednesday. It'll be hosted by the Salvation Army. Ian Shelton leads the ministry called One Heart and is the visionary behind Movement Day in Australia. Ian's also senior pastor of the Toowoomba City Church. And with him today is the chairman of Movement Day New York, Dr. Craig Sider. So a special welcome along to 2020 uh, to you, Ian Shelton. Welcome. Oh, thank you, Neil. Great to be here. And a welcome to you and a welcome to Australia to you, Craig Sider. First time, Neil. Thanks so much. Great to be here. Okay, first time in Australia. Let me start with you, Craig, here, because New York was the seedbed for what has now grown into a global movement five continents and New York is where it started uh, you weren't the original visionary but you've taken on mm-hmm. uh, something that now has begun to grow and blossom there's real momentum there uh, how do you reflect on small beginnings yeah it's really interesting it started in 2010 in New York City when Mac who was our founder a nonprofit leader and Bob Dahl a business guy and Tim Keller a pastor said What if we brought our three sectors together, leaders from those three sectors, and said, let's move the needle on the most stubborn spiritual realities of New York City? So when it launched, we thought it would all be New Yorkers, and actually 70% were from outside New York and nine different countries. So it struck a chord with cities around the world. What would it be like for the body of Christ to actually come together and work in a city for the good of the city? You know what I feel? When you talk about the issue of unity, and it is often one of those topics that's broached in local church life, Mm -hmm. and it's almost spoken about as though the unity happens within one local church. Of course, unity across the body of Christ takes some effort. And uh, it's the effort that comes from inspiration. This is what Movement Day is all about, isn't it? It is. Maybe, maybe that's why it was one of Jesus' most significant prayers, is because it, it kind of works against this natural tendency in us, even as Christ followers, to work on our own. So when Jesus said, I pray they be one, I think he prayed it, not only of the earnestness of his heart, and how important it is, but how difficult it is at times for us in the body of Christ to actually link arms and say, you're my brother, you're my sister, you're from another nonprofit, you're from another church. But really, when the world looks at us, they see us as one. So why don't we see ourselves as one? Ian Shelton, you have been working in this area of 
Christian unity now for decades. And uh, really, it's only a fairly new thing that the link has come uh, from what you've been working hard uh, in this mission field we call the local church in Australia, uh, and you've linked with Movement Day globally. How significant is it for Aussies to have this link? Oh, very significant. Uh, we're a big continent but isolated in a relatively small population. And as you said, we have been working at it for many, many years. And so to link globally is inspirational, it's challenging, it's encouraging, uh, it's refreshing uh, because we need to see new ideas, we need to uh, hear and see what God's doing around the world, not just import what they're doing, but certainly to be refreshed and encouraged. And it's lovely to have people like Craig and um, others that have come down here and will be coming down here to uh, interact with us because we can't do it alone. We need we need all be in it together. So we're very encouraged by connecting globally. And, of course, it's one thing to connect on mm. the level of the church confronting controversy. And mm. uh, we're all familiar with some of the battles that have been going on in recent years. Uh, it's one thing to stand together against some threats to the church. It's another thing to actually take those relationships to a new level and say, well, we're ministers of the gospel here. We are carriers of this message of reconciliation. And we need to work together in a whole lot of areas, not just uh, confronting some of the threats that might be facing. Uh, totally. Yes, it has been a bit of a rearguard action. And I think connecting with Movement Day and going to New York a couple of times, I've been really taken with the emphasis of the gospel, this good news for the city. And yes, we've often have been fighting these cultural battles and we'll probably have to go on fighting them. But it's a real joy to become get on the front foot and uh, to see, hey, this is the gospel is good news. All of the or most churches, nearly all churches believe that. And we've got to find ways now not only to enhance what each church is already doing, but to actually lift it to a higher level and say, hey, together with some synergy, we can uh, see the gospel go out with much more power and impact into our communities. Craig Sider, no, uh, no uh, problem there with the idea of cultural battles, no doubt, going on in New York. Yes. Uh, the idea of cultural battles, that it does unite a church, and we do uh, put our barriers down so we can stand together uh, when there are threats. Uh, what's it been like for you in New York uh, to take it to an, another step above and say, well, now that we're standing together, perhaps against some threats, uh, how about we do some work together in the cause of the gospel? Uh, I think it's a great point, Neil. I mean, actually, as Ian knows, I'm a Canadian by birth who happens to live in New York City and give leadership to, to Movement Day around the world. It's really answering the question, what are we working together for? Uh, often, often if, you go, if you take a poll in New York City on the street and say, what do you think of Christians? They'll define by what we seem to be against. And if anybody should have a heart for the poor in the city, it should be Christ followers. If anybody should have a heart for third grade reading scores in a city, which is an indices of how someone will, will land in society, it should be the church. So when different nonprofits and different pastors and business leaders kind of link arms and say, you know what, we're going to work on these together, I think it's a powerful statement to those who don't know Jesus. When they look at us and say, hey, actually, you're working together for the good of the city, just like God commanded them with Nebuchadnezzar. They would work together for the good of the city. We work together for the good of the city. And I'm sure this uh, this swings like a pendulum. Sometimes we're known for what we're against. Sure. 
But it always has to come back to, doesn't it, uh, to what we are known for and getting the swing of the pendulum to what we are known for, uh, bringing the love of Christ uh, mm-hmm. into those areas, as you say, uh, the homeless, uh, the poverty issues, education issues. And I know there is different ways that uh, that you'd be approaching racial issues and all sorts of things like that. Somehow or other, the church has got to be known for its good works and not just for its standing against uh, some alternative ideas. Well, one of the cities we've been, uh, Movement Day has been a part of almost from the beginning was Dallas, Texas. Of any city in North America, they have the largest churches, but they had large white churches in the north and large white churches in the south of Dallas. They looked at each other, but they really didn't do anything together. And at Movement Day, a relationship was formed between a pastor of a large white church and a pastor of primarily a large black church, which started to transform the city. Five police officers were shot there two summers ago, and the mayor called those two pastors and said, I think you have an opportunity to bring our city together. So they brought 55 pastors together in the city to pray for the city. So actually the church speaking to itself about what it means to be one was a powerful witness to the entire city of Dallas. Ian Shelton, what do Australian Christian leaders say are the big things that separate us? I mean, we don't necessarily have uh, uh, black churches, white churches uh, in the things that divide us. What are the things that divide Australians? What's keeping us from being unified? Um, Busyness. Uh, I I think successful churches which we all applaud and thankful for, uh, the very busyness of running a successful church can limit our time and energy to actually get together with other pastors and perhaps um, you know, discuss ideas and strategies of what we could do together. And there's been such a concentration on, in, um, on books, material, conferences to grow a big church, focus on your ministry. Uh, whatever it is, whether it's a non-for-profit or whether it's a church itself. And so that's what we've been following. And now we're saying, hey, that shouldn't be the only game. Let's step back from our successful churches and ministries. How can we work together and actually pastor the city, not just the church? That's a big challenge. Mm. And interesting as you say that, because while most Christian pastors, uh, ministers, want to see their church growing, and that is some sort of a sign of of the health of a congregation, uh, gets to a point where the leader is so busy uh, doing their own thing in their own church that this idea of being unified with the church down the road or across the town or across the city, uh, that actually goes out the door. It's like they're running at different speeds because someone in a small church has got some time to meet together with other church leaders. So someone in a bigger church, you might think there's, uh, you know, bigger staff, more money, and that was not always the case, is it? But you've got to somehow or other break through that that uh, that challenge. Uh, yes, uh, it's very much through relationship. I mean, in Toowoomba, we had a whole group of us, my vintage, in the 90s and uh, into the uh, first part of the century who pioneered what we're doing, but they're all gone now. We're all older. Some are retired, some are the left of the city, some aren't even in good health. And as a younger generation have come on, and doing very well, but they didn't know perhaps the ways of the fathers, if I can mm. say that. So in many ways, we've got to start all over again. And that is happening. But when I look at some of the successful churches, I, I actually applaud what they're doing. I never criticize a pastor for uh, not 
I thank God for a pastor that's doing what he believes in, not for what he hasn't yet seen. And if he's yet to see some more, then I just pray that through loving relationships we can draw him into a bigger picture. But that's up to him. Uh, Love and relationships is the key to see pastors work together. And it has to happen from the top, doesn't it? Uh, mm. Craig Sider in New York and where you're traveling, no doubt, all around the world, uh, you can't have this unity with the 2IC or the 3IC. It really has to be the head of the church. That's where the unity happens. That's where initiatives can take place. It's this sort of trust that happens between leaders, isn't mm. it? Yeah, we we when we look at Movement Day in various cities, Neil, we don't really say how big of a crowd can we get together. It's really how can leaders from those three sectors, leaders from church, nonprofit, and business leaders, how can leaders come together and really build relationships? Tim Keller, author and pastor in New York City, who pastored a large church, uh, has been a part of Movement Day from the beginning and really challenged us at this global event two years ago. He said every pastor... He said, I think, and he modeled it, should spend 15% of their time working with others in the body of Christ in a city. And it kind of leads to a phrase we use. I don't know that you find it exactly in Scripture, but it says, God is present to a city to the extent that the body of Christ is present to each other. And it really says, it fulfills John 17 and says, when we are one, and part of that is relationally, Something God does something in a city that just isn't done without it. You know, I think you raise something so significant here, and you're saying 15% of time. Uh, a lot of Christian believers are familiar with an idea of a tenth. Sometimes we talk sure. about a tithe, uh, and we think that that is only money-related, although others will have a wider idea right. and say that's got to do with our time as well. Uh, but when it comes to the church, uh, church seems to be above that idea. Uh, the idea of a tenth of your time or a fifteenth or 15% uh, rather of your time, uh, that's, that's quite a significant thing. Is that catching on, do you think? It, it is. Two memory markers for me in the last several years. One was meeting with 15 nonprofit leaders together in a room who are all vying for donor money, sometimes the same donors. And we sat in this large table and prayed for the success of each other's ministry. It was powerful and palpable in the room. The other was being on Parliament Square uh, in the UK. Ian was there uh, last October for Movement Day UK when a thousand people were on the lawn and we, 75 different denominations, and we prayed for God to work in a powerful way across the, the United Kingdom. It, it was powerful. And so it is catching on that we're, it becomes a cliche, but it's not. We're better together than we are by ourselves. Life, culture, and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. Two special guests in the studio with us today, Ian Shelton, who is the visionary behind Movement Day in Australia. Uh, Ian's, uh, he comes out of Toowoomba. And our other guest, Dr. Craig Sider, is the chairman of Movement Day New York and uh, really president of Movement Day and travels around the world and talking about how leaders relate together, looking for a sense of unity that will aid the gospel going forward. Let's come back to small country towns. Uh, Ian Shelton, you are in Toowoomba, and we'd say that's a regional city, uh, one of Australia's bigger regional cities. Uh, People from big cities go to Toowoomba and say this is like a big country town. Uh, But when we talk about country towns, this is just as important for country towns as it is for people in the city. 
Oh, absolutely. I grew up in the I grew up in Mergen, uh, the other side of Kingaroy, okay. and um, a couple thousand people. So, no, the heart for um, country towns is huge, and in many ways they're suffering. Many of them are declining. Many of them have suffered from drought. Uh, there's a huge youth drain as uh, young people uh, leave farming lands and even leave the towns for education, even ho- often high school education, let alone university. And then the other thing is the declining churches, the ageing of the churches. Um, you know, my little hometown had 13 active churches when I was a boy with all se- uh, full-time pastors. Some of the churches had more than one full-time pastor. Now I think you'd put all the congregations probably into one church on a Sunday morning and only very few full-time pastors left in the town. So this is often duplicated or replicated right across the nation. It is an important uh, area of discussion. Well, for listeners, in, uh, I'll, be important, uh, I'll be impressed to hear what listeners might share about their town and how the church environment has been changing over that time. Uh, one of the issues you've got with country town churches is the idea that sometimes ministers uh, can be a little bit transient. They're for, there for a few years. Uh, transferring then on to another, uh, in some sense, in order to get the continuity, it, it has to be a case where churches are working together on projects. How do projects unify churches and help to bridge this idea of uh, of this transience that, you know, pastor moves in, got a new one coming in, and, uh, and he's got to take over or she's got to take over? Uh, projects are important, aren't they? Uh, yes, projects do. They reflect unity. They can help to create unity. But, um, for instance, in Inverell, northern New South Wales, last year, the, uh, the Presbyterian minister there gave a talk at Movement Day last year, and he talked about the development of relationships between not only the pastors, but the key, what we might term laity, uh, or the business people and, uh, and other church people who are there for full time. They often have more skin in the game of their local towns than the pastors. Who do come and go, but he talked about how there was some real division and how they got together and repented to one another and how that softened all of their hearts, how there were tears, how they prayed together and how that's actually released more of the purposes of God and the projects since that time. Craig Sider, what sort of role does the business community play in uniting the church and the church play in uniting the business community to a mission? Is there, do they play off one another? How does this all work? I think the business community is critical. And it's often because business leaders span across a town or a city already. They don't deal with people just from their church, men or women. They deal across mm-hmm. churches. It's more natural for them. So actually, they help the church and church leaders say, look, it, we do this all week long. I think we can do this. The other thing that business leaders do is they ask different questions. Uh, I, you know, I, I was a church planner, and I've, I've led uh, in denominational leadership for a season. So I know we tend to think about the things that we do. Business leaders often say, what difference does the things you do make? So they really look at impact. And so I think the... The dynamic that comes out of a business leader being in the equation, sometimes, I'll just be honest, Neil, sometimes it bugs us as church leaders because they ask questions we don't want to be asked, but they make us better because they bring a gift set that really sharpens the conversation. Craig, speak to people who might be business owners listening to our conversation today who are thinking the church is over there doing its own thing. 
what could it be that I might contribute to the local church? Because as you make a very important point, business leaders are asking different questions. They're talking about making a profit. They're talking about the outcomes of initiatives. And sometimes the idea of unity might be in some people's minds of a bunch of pastors sitting around having a cup of tea and a bit of a chin wag together. Uh, what are your thoughts on this contribution that business people can make to the way that churches are led? Neil, I love this question. Let me start by just validating business women and businessmen as being Christ's presence in the community apart from Sunday morning as a church. They are Jesus to a community as they're building a business, as they're interacting with people, as they're making profit, as they're creating jobs. So right out of the gate, I want to validate them as being Jesus' presence in the community all week long. Now, when they link together with churches and nonprofits, which they sometimes do anyway, it makes for a powerful dynamic. They're often, they're often late to that conversation not because of them all the time, sometimes because of pastors and nonprofit leaders. And again, I, I was one, uh, just a little wary of the conversation they're going to bring. But it makes for a wonderful dynamic in a city. And so I think marketplace are often left out of the equation initially and bring a powerful piece to it for a village or a town or a city. And Shelton, let me put you on the spot with the hard questions here today because this is so important. I heard an, or read an illustration just recently, uh, the idea that sometimes in churches you've got the leadership and uh, it's almost a performance model. Uh, they've got to look good uh, for people to support. Uh, and the analogy comes alongside that. It's a little bit like a circus ring. So you've got people performing in church and you've got the people who are in the pews uh, who are watching with the spotlights on the performers. Somehow or other the spotlights have to get off the performers in the circus ring and onto those people who are in the pews. That's what equipping the saints for the work of ministry would be about, isn't it? Oh, totally. Um, I, I think we've got to get away from asking the pew to support the uh, pastor's vision and ask the question, why isn't the pastor supporting the pew's vision? And so, uh, sim very simply put, I, I don't think a pastor needs a great big vision other than releasing the people into their vision. And so my work is getting them into their work, and that's equipping the saints to do the work of the ministry. Well, I want to invite listeners to join in the conversation, and that may be a spark for you to bring your thoughts about what might be happening in general in churches and not asking you to be a critic of your own church, perhaps assess what might be happening in your own church. But what is it that will bring unity between Christian leaders, the not-for-profit sector and the business community? And what is the pastor's role in all of that? You might have your own thoughts on 1-800-316-316. Craig Sider from New York, is that a fair assessment when we talk about how pastors, perhaps when they get together, talk about unity and how they bring about the condition changes in their community? Does that work the same way that Ian Shelton's talking? Yeah, the two Dallas pastors that I referenced earlier, they said it all began with lunch. One of us invited the other out for lunch and we started to build a relationship. And we realized we functioned in different worlds. And we liked to eat. So we ate together and we began to pray for each other. And then we brought our men's groups at times together. And he said it created this ferment across the city. 
And he said, it just started with lunch. So sometimes we, we make it a much bigger start than it is when it's really just reaching out. And, you know, you talked about pastors sometimes can be transient. We have to build relationships with our congregation. We can build relationships with other pastors, too, and it begins to have a ripple effect. Okay, we're talking lunch. Uh, lunch between pastors, lunch between the pastor and the nonprofits, lunch between the business people in the pastor's church to talk about the initiatives that might happen. A quick response from you, Ian Shelton. Uh, it's pretty good having lunch, isn't it? <laughs> yes, lunch or dinner. We've got a hundred mainly non-pastors coming to hear Roger and Craig, Roger Sutton from England, who's coming out as well, on Saturday night in, in Toowoomba. So, And we're excited that so many non-pastors are coming to hear something of this vision. So when you get that invitation from the pastor to have lunch or to have dinner, you embrace that with everything you've got because that may actually be the spark that introduces you into a real effectiveness. If you're a member of a local church, whether you're in business or whether you're having a middle management position or whatever it might be, you've got some real opportunity there to be a influence in your community. We're going to come back after Vision National News. Craig, let's come to you for a few moments. When we talk about leaders getting together, unified, telling stories. Now, it could be a bit of a talk fest, uh, but what's so important about these stories? Uh, Hit us with a story that might just illustrate uh, the way that this idea of unity really works in the transformation of a community. Yeah, stories stories empower. Isn't it interesting? Jesus told stories. Let me give two quick ones. One is Manhattan, which is the center of New York City, where 10 Christian movements, some were denominations, some were movements, said, we need more churches in Manhattan, right in the heart of the city. Let's work together to make it happen. And so over a five-year period, 10-year period, this collaboration said, it can be your denomination, can be ours, can be another one. Let's just uh, shine a spotlight on Manhattan. And church attendance in Manhattan grew from a half a percent to 5% over the last 20 years. And a lot of it because collectively we just said, we need more churches. It's a powerful story. Another one is with juvenile justice in New York City, which is very rampant. And one of our ministries, Youth for Christ, has really focused in on discipling juveniles in the justice system and mobilized the whole church across New York City to mentor these young kids in prison. And it it was a powerful story. And when it was told, one of the prisoners who had been a prisoner was there and talked about his discipleship in Christ. It was a win for everybody when we heard that story. If you don't get together and have lunch or dinner or get together as leaders and talk about what the real problems are, you can never agree on which ones you could address together. And together it's going to be much more successful than trying to do something on your own. This is one of the reasons why unity is just so important. Movement Day is really an accelerator. It's an accelerator. It shines a spotlight on what God may already be doing, but it encourages us and then motivates the larger body of Christ to engagement. We're taking calls on 1-800-316-316. You can join in our talkback conversation. Let's take a call. Shelby is in Brisbane. Hello, Shelby. Welcome along. Good morning, Neil. Good morning, uh, um, Craig and Neil, is it? <laughs> and Ian, yes. Yeah, yes, and Ian, yes, Ian. Hi, mate. Um, um, the, uh, the thing is that I'm just amazed at what what you're doing here. It's just fantastic. Just the other day, I was in, trying to keep this short, I was in the country, um, because I have 
some vehicles and that that I store on a property. Um, but um, it's an old church and it's been restored and it looks like it's been heritage and it's just a showpiece now. And you go into towns and this old town, old churches that have just um, abandoned in a sense, um, some are still being used, and then you see new churches as well. Um, but it's just great to uh, think that we are that you guys are bringing um, all of these things together um, to in the revival of of the of the church, especially because I love that one. If I can just say and try and quickly finish up, JJ Johns. I think um, you've had them had him on the show on on the station, and he says to a lady, I think he's on a bus ride or a, uh, a plane ride, and he says, um, and he asked what she was doing, and then she said, well, what do you do? And he said, oh, I'm in the, a world enterprise. And she said, oh. And, and, he, and he said, oh, yes, we look after um, people from the very beginning of life, and then we look after them at the end of their life. And he just goes on and on and on. And then she said, well, what is it? And he says, it's the church. Have you heard of the church, the Christian church? <laughs> Shelby, great thoughts in there. And let's come to Ian Shelton for a response to that, because what Shelby speaks about, the heart of what he's saying is very true, a world enterprise that actually is mobilising not only the people in the church community, but the whole community. Uh, absolutely. That's um, uh, a wonderful um, um, uh, discussion. Uh, in Toowoomba, for instance, we've got a lot of refugees and migrants turning up, particularly from Africa and from Middle East. We've just had about 2,000 Azidis turn up. I mean, in little Toowoomba, this is huge because, I mean, it wasn't many years ago you never saw anybody of colour, and now we're seeing thousands. But we're seeing churches, non-for-profits, the city council, political leaders all working together to integrate these people into the community, we've declared Toowoomba a refugee welcoming centre and we're not having the crime. Say, for instance, we all know about it's in uh, Melbourne. Uh, there's just something wonderful. And now, increasingly, w- particularly one church, one of the bigger churches that's doing after-school mentoring programs, uh, sporting programs, more and more their church is filling with um, these people are coming into them. And so we're just, that's one example of the whole community working together on a big new issue in our own city. If there's something that's absolutely sure, things are changing. And uh, every listener will no doubt appreciate the changes that are happening in their community, whether it's a new uh, mining project that's starting and uh, people are coming to your town and they're coming from a, you know, they're fly in, fly out workers or whether it's this immigration issue. And of course, there's a huge immigration program that's going on in Australia. And so, so many communities will be recognising that there are people who look different to the usual ones we're always used to. So there is change that's happening and being able to embrace the change is an important way of actually addressing some of these things here. Uh, Absolutely. Another thing we've identified is that behind a lot of the um, violence, the sexual abuse, the domestic violence is actually pornography. So we've declared Toowoomba as a porn-free city and that's led by the mayor, a lot of business people, church leaders, not-for-profits again. Now we know you can't shut off the internet but we can educate people to the evil of this so that's just another whole of community uh, tackling of a big issue that's in our city. You raise an important point I'll come to Craig Sider because when we talk about churches unified together and the not-for-profit sector and the business community Mm -hmm. uh, one of those areas that's left out of that is the political policy makers and as Ian reflects on what's been happening in the city of Toowoomba when everyone's together unified, uh, the policy makers, those who are forging legislation, are listening to the church leaders. It's, it's great 
for the body of Christ in those various expressions or sectors that you said to go to the city and say, how can we make the city a better city? Sometimes what city leaders, civic leaders are used to hearing is we're against this. And and again, hear me, there are cultural battles we've identified earlier on that we have to wrestle with. But when you come, when you put a towel over your arm and you say to civic leaders, how can we make this city a better city? They will listen. Roger Sutton, who will be with us at Movement Day in Sydney uh, in the UK, has wonderful stories from across England and Scotland and Wales about just that, where civic leaders have have heard from the church and marketplace leaders and nonprofits saying, how can we make this city a better city? And and they've listened because they know the church mobilized can really help the city be a better place. I want to thank Shelby for his call. Our talkback line open on 1-800-316-316. Let's take a call. Jonathan is in Perth in WA. Hello, Jonathan. Welcome along. Yeah, hello. Jonathan, what are your thoughts today? Yes, as I listened to all the talks, uh, what going on was that I can give an example when we're in Africa, we have a refugee in the area camp. We should put all the churches together, all the pastors, we take one day in the month, we come together, or three months, we take one day and come together and fellowship together. We have a one pastor, preach all in prayer and everything, we're united. But what something can stop the unity of the church is because of what we call preaching or the uh, the doctrine of the church. Some prove it differently. It becomes a barriers in our all coming together. Jonathan, that's an important point you're making here. Let's come to Craig Sider on this issue because one of the things that does tend to disunite. Uh, is this idea that some churches have different positions and sometimes it's on finer points of doctrine, uh, sometimes it's generational and uh, perhaps even a Protestant-Catholic divide. How do you get over some of those points that for some people are real sticking points uh, to getting together and working in unity? Which is often why our churches are formed. Is this a good point for me to pass to Ian? I think no, I'll, I'll, I'll take the answer. You know, because sometimes we get asked that by city leaders, who should we let come? And often it's a movement day is birthed out of prayer. And we say, anybody who wants to come and pray can be a part of that conversation. If they kind of say, Jesus is Lord, then let's let them come to pray. And it comes back to me, Neil, uh, from a pastor who said to me one time, he said, I will not criticize. I will not throw mud at the body of Christ in my city. And the first question somebody in the room asked, but what about that guy? And he said, you didn't hear me. I won't throw mud at the body of Christ in our city. Oh, I hold to some firm beliefs on some nuances of doctrine that are very important to me. But Jesus' prayer in John 17 was so significant that anyone who says Jesus is Lord, let's link our arms together. So, yes, it doesn't mean everybody worships worships in the same building every Sunday. Our churches matter to us, and our nuances are important to us, but who we are in Christ is far more significant. Ian Shelton, there's an important aspect in here. Sometimes we talk about the prayer meeting as being an important time. It's uh, for individuals, for churches to have their, their prayer meeting. Is it that there is a mechanism here that God has used for uniting leaders in leaders coming together and sharing together in prayer, bringing together the challenges that their town or their city faces. Is is prayer, uh, has it got a dimension we've not really talked about much? 
Uh, well, I guess that's the, that's the case. Who knows? Who can plummet the depths of what mm. it means to worship together and to pray to the living God, the sovereign God of the whole cosmos? Uh, yes, I'm sure it's a lot of things unexplored there. Um, often prayer is the catalyst that brings us together, but sometimes it's actually you have to back up. People are nervous about coming to pray because they're wondering about the theological differences, they're wondering about um, gossip they've heard about other leaders or pastors. So I think the really the bedrock foundation is that there needs to be some catalytic connectors, whether they be pastors or, I mean, in, one, in the city of Liverpool, in Sydney, it's a businessman, a young businessman who just gets out and connects. So someone's got to connect and build relationships so that people feel comfortable as a good a common friend of ours says in America, um, you know, progress goes at the speed of trust, and trust comes from relationships. Mm-hmm. So uh, sometimes the relationships are the in primary thing. Then you can get in the room and pray with more power and humility. Uh, Craig Sider, if there's listeners tuned to our conversation today and they can recognise the church leaders in their town, those ones that are really good at friendship building, should they be going to them and giving them a job and saying, you're the, you're the guy who is, uh, who is now charged with getting mm-hmm. some unity among the churches? Is that a cheeky way of, uh, of doing something like that? If you're, if you're not in the leadership yourself, but you recognize there needs to be this, uh, how do you go about it? Everything is done well by modeling. So wherever you find yourself, mm-hmm. if, if you kind of feel this prompting, wherever it comes from saying, I should go talk to somebody to do that, <laughs> I think it's a good time to ask yourself, am I modeling that? Am I doing that? So we find business leaders can do that, pastors can do that, nonprofit leaders. I think sometimes the most powerful is nonprofit, who I said earlier, vie for the same donor dollars. When they meet together and pray for each other, success is powerful. So anybody who feels that prompting of the Spirit, it should happen in their town, in their village, in their city, I would say, have lunch. You know, go meet with somebody, encourage them, pray with them. As I always do when I'm with somebody, I ask them, how can I be praying for you? Regardless of their theological nuance, it's, it's, it's a bridge builder for us. And good ideas always come best attached to a volunteer. We're taking calls on 1-800-316-316. Let's hear from Solomon in Sydney. Hello, Solomon. Welcome along. Yeah, g'day. Uh, how are you, uh, Craig and uh, Ian? And uh, thanks for taking my call, Neil. My pleasure. Um, yeah, just a, uh, an observation here. Uh, Ian, uh, you and I have uh, a common uh, great friend in uh, Reverend Pastor um, uh, Harley. Um, he is uh, uh, from uh, Townsville. Oh, and, yes, uh, Anne uh, Harley, yes. Yes, and uh, Reverend Anne, who's a Sydney girl. but uh, True. Uh, she's from Sydney originally, but uh, always supports New South Wales. But, yeah. <laughs> she does. She's, yeah. and, the, and the Cowboys. <laughs> and the Cowboys. I happen to uh, uh, have a, a great experience in Townsville. Now I'm back in uh, uh, northwestern Sydney. Uh, I'm trying to replicate uh, what uh, has been taking place in Townsville. Now, hearing your story regarding Toowoomba, uh, it's such a great um, experience and, and uh, a big encouragement for the rest of the communities uh, uh, for the whole of Australia to, to do this uh, uh, movement day to, to, to be united because it's all part and parcel of uh, Psalm 133 and uh, Jesus' uh, famous prayer in John 17, chapter 17. Um, mm-hmm. What what I'm, I'm 
going to ask Craig is, um, uh, Craig, what what uh, has happened in in uh, I've just joined the conversation because I switched on the radio after doing some dishes for the weekend. Um, what has happened in in your neck of woods in New York and particularly Manhattan in terms of prayers? Because uh, I'm talking about uh, Townsville here. We have uh, we had a uh, in my three years living in Townsville, we had three uh, uh, sorry Friday nights uh, prayer group which involved every every church is uh, from uh, across the divide and all the streams of uh, evangelistic and uh, um, evangelical churches, ecumenical churches. It was so great to, to participate in that as well uh, uh, through Ian Harley and uh, uh, Pastor Rod, uh, who's now in... Uh, uh, Solomon, let's get a response from Craig, because uh, how do you get all the leaders together to pray? Because uh, as Solomon recognises... This is a key to unity. Um, You don't assume you're going to get all of the leaders together to pray. You get the leaders who are responsive together to pray. Uh, Sometimes we over-idealize it, and then Mm -hmm. it never happens. So uh, 28 years ago in New York City, uh, a group by our founder, Mac Peer, a group of pastors and churches were encouraged to come together to pray. Thought there'd be 15, there were 75 churches. And they have met now, those pastors have met together every year for 28 years. And I met a a fellow who came to Christ, Jewish background, came to faith in Jesus. And he said, at the time, he said, 25 years ago, we began to pray for our city. And he he said, "It's, it's transformed. New York has been transformed. And a lot of people say it was the mayor. And he looked at me, Jeffrey looked at me and says, God can use whatever he chooses to use. We began to pray and God began to act. So it's not how do I get everyone together, mm-hmm. it's how do I get some together, and we begin to pray, and I believe it will begin to ripple from there. Solomon from Sydney, thank you so much for your great input today. Visions 2020 with Neil Johnson, a biblical perspective on life, culture, and current events. Special guests this hour, the chairman of Movement Day New York, Dr. Craig Sider, and also Ian Shelton, who's the visionary behind Movement Day in Australia. Ian, let's talk nuts and bolts. For those who are in New South Wales, can make their way to Sydney for Movement Day next Tuesday and Wednesday. Uh, what are they likely to see when they register to be part of it? Yes, we hope you can register. If you can get there, we'd love to have you. Uh, You'll see um, a wonderful group of people, leaders from all over Australia, and in fact, internationally, there's a group coming from New Zealand, a group of leaders, uh, some from Asia and Pacific Islands as well. Uh, We'll begin at 9.30. It's hosted by the Salvation Army in their Congress Hall in Elizabeth Street, right beside Hyde Park, right beside um, Museum Railway Station, if people want transport. Uh, there and we'll uh, have some worship and prayer. A lot of the focus um, this year will be on bringing healing to our communities, realizing the depth of pain, and there'll be stories of what God is doing to heal pain um, in the body of Christ, because how can a broken, disunited church heal a broken, disunited community? So uh, there'll be some time of processing the pain and seeing how God can heal the second day, there'll be an emphasis on rebuilding the cities, that redeem people rebuild their cities, the wreckage of their cities. Okay, movementdayaustralia.org.au. And when people go to that website, 
movementdayaustralia.org.au. There's a link there so that communities, no matter how far-flung you might be all around the nation, you'll be able to stream a lot of the uh, segments that are happening on Movement Day and and those two days next week. Yes, uh, we're understanding that our tech guys will be doing live streaming of the key plenary sessions, and so that should be available through the website. Or I'm not too sure whether the Facebook site, but you can try that. Uh, I'm not a tech guy, obviously. Yep. And uh, Craig, when this sort of thing happens in New York, no doubt you've got the same issues right across the states. Do you find that people are taking advantage of the technology and using the live streaming to be able to link in with what's happening with Movement Day? Uh, in increasingly so, Neil. Uh, at this, and, that, and that's really powerful. At the same time, there's nothing like being in a room with somebody who you're not normally in the room with. So uh, I, I think for those who are in the Sydney area, if they can come be in that room and, and experience the diversity of the body of Christ, it's powerful. Okay. Well, it is on next week on Tuesday and Wednesday, the 1st and 2nd of May. It is called Movement Day, and there is the website, movementdayaustralia.org.au. Salvation Army is hosting it, and there'll be people coming from uh, not only round Australia, but from New Zealand as well, as Ian shared. Ian Shelton, he leads a ministry called One Heart. He's been working for decades uh, in this area of unity and is the visionary behind Movement Day in Australia and uh, Chairman of Movement Day New York, Dr. Craig Sider. To you, Ian and Craig, thanks so much for coming in and sharing your heart with our listeners. It's been a great conversation and uh, look forward to hearing good reports from Movement Day next week. Thank you, Neil. Privilege to be here. Uh, thanks, Neil. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.